Well, thank you, Harper Pam, for putting that video together. Hey, want to give a quick shout out to all of our CA students interns. You guys are awesome. Thank you for giving your time, your energy, and your heart uh, to help all of us see and know Jesus better. Thank you for that. We love you guys. Uh, CA students, six, seven, eight. Good to see you guys. My name's Levi. I'm one of the pastors on the team. It's good to be with you guys tonight. I'm so excited. I get to close out this series that we've been in this school year called Dare to Hope. We've been talking about how Jesus' hope is totally different than any other hope that's available to humankind. Uh, and this series has just been incredible. I want to really encourage you, if you've missed a talk or you're just joining with us now, all of these are online on our YouTube channel, so I want to encourage you guys, go and watch uh, the past CA students' lives. They'll really encourage you. Uh, the worship and the Word of God will speak to you and encourage you, fill you with hope. So I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, Jesus' hope is totally unique because it's hope in a God who is enough and a God who doesn't change. Instead of putting our hope in people and in circumstances that do change and that aren't enough for us. Uh, I, I'm wondering, have you guys, throw it in the chats, have you guys ever been in a boat at sea? Uh, I have, and it was awful because I get very, very seasick. Uh, part of it was very fun. I went deep sea fishing with my dad, which I really enjoyed, and we caught some delicious salmon. However, I also get terribly, terribly seasick, uh, and so the first half of the trip was great. The other half was rough. Anyways, uh, we were going out in the water into, <laughs> into the sea, and we got to this one point, and we put down anchor so that the, bo the boat wouldn't move around because <laughs> you're not going to have much luck fishing if you're in a moving boat, right? So we put an anchor. And for those of you that don't know or haven't really thought about it, what an anchor is, is it's this heavy metal object with these hook things that they go, it goes down off of a boat and it grabs basically the seafloor so that, and it's connected to a chain to the boat so that the boat will stay secure in one place. And uh, I was looking into it a little bit and uh, the anchor is important, but also the kind of ground that the anchor is anchoring in is very significant into whether this whole thing is going to work, right? And so there's, uh, there are many different, ki different kinds of seabed or seafloor, and if your anchor is going into mud, it's not going to hold. It's just going to kind of like pull through the mud. It's not going to work for you, right? Uh, the sand... Not much better. You can imagine you can just pull your hand through sand, right? Gravel, getting a little bit better. Gravel is like sand, but bigger. And so it will hold the anchor a little bit better. Clay, even better. That's a kind of seafloor. But the best kind for these grapnel anchors is if the anchor can latch itself on a rock, that boat's going nowhere, <laughs> right? And so here's the thing. You can have a really, really great anchor, but if there isn't something secure for it to be anchored in, it's not going to matter, right? You can have a great anchor, but even the best anchor with a bad foundation isn't going to keep the boat secure and stable. And see, students 6, 7, 8, your hope is the same way. You can have really big hope. You can have really great hope. But if it's in something, if it's in a foundation that's not stable, your great hope isn't going to amount for anything. And so really what we're talking about tonight is that your hope 
is only as good as what it's anchored in. Your hope is only as good as what it's anchored in. I'm so excited to open up God's word together and see what he has to speak to us. God speaks to us when we come to his word. So let's do that right now. Before we do, let's pray uh, and invite the Holy Spirit to be speaking to us. So Lord Jesus, thank you that you're here with us. Thank you that as we come to your word, you speak to us and that you have a good, encouraging word to speak to us, Lord Jesus. So God, I pray we open ourselves up to you. We pray that you would speak to us loud and clear. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I want to, I kind of spoiled it already. The main point is your hope is only as good as what it's anchored in. Your hope is only as good as what it's anchored in. I need to read to you Hebrews chapter 6, verses 16 through 20. It says this. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Did you hear that? It's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And we do not even have time to talk about who Melchizedek is and the incredible stuff that that means about Jesus. But I really encourage you to read chapter 7 of Hebrews and get into that. What I want to draw you guys' attention to is this part of the verse. It says, these things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Because of who God is, we have, uh, we have great confidence and great hope. You know, in the ancient Hebrew worldview, the ocean or the sea was the ultimate image or metaphor of chaos and disorder. And so it's no accident that the author writing to the Hebrews writes in this book that he compares hope to an anchor. It's the ultimate thing that will overcome the chaos in our lives. In the midst of all the chaos, as waves rise up around us, there is an anchor that can hold you safe. There is an anchor that overcomes the waves because the anchor is more secure than the waves are chaotic. So do you see what's happening? Jesus is more consistent than your life is chaotic. He is more powerful than the chaos in your lives, CA students in 6, 7, 8. So get this, even though you will experience the storm, a boat that's anchored still experiences the storm, but it also experiences security inside the storm. And that security inside the storm promises that it will see the other side of the storm. And you know, this is true not because you're just so darn good at hoping. This is true because you're hoping in Jesus. And Jesus is enough to overcome all chaos and disorder in your life. And so your hope is only as good as what it's anchored in. That's our main point. 
But I want to draw out two other points. If it's true that my hope is only as good as what it's anchored in, then first of all, no foundation but Jesus is good enough. No foundation but Jesus is good enough. You see, see students in 6, 7, 8, every single person experiences chaos, and so they're looking for security. Every single person experiences chaos and change in their life, and they're looking, they're longing for security. We all are. We're looking for what is going to make me feel safe and valuable, and what is going to keep me feeling that way. That's what we're all looking for. And anxiety is when you feel that what's making you feel safe and valuable is going to end. And it's that low-grade background noise in your mind and in your heart that says, even though I'm okay right now, eventually I won't be. And the truth is that the Bible reveals that people are looking for security in lots of wrong places. And so it's as though I'm, I'm holding on to this anchor and I'm going through life and I'm just looking for a worthy foundation to put my anchor in, a worthwhile foundation that I can hope in that's going to keep me secure and safe. And just as a side note, you can really, really, really believe something, or in other words, you can have a really strong anchor, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good foundation, right? Some people nowadays are just so passionate about something they believe and they seem to think that their passion for this thing will make the thing valid. But that's not how it works. It's the foundation that needs to be secure that can hold the anchor, right? So CA students 678, can we just think through this together? I'm in this with you. Where are other places that we put our hope sometimes? I think if we're honest, one place that we put our hope uh, in, in kind of a funny way, is we like to escape into Netflix. We like to escape into video games. We like to escape into social media. And really, we put our hope in getting away from the problems. We put our hope in escaping it just for a little while. Here's the problem. Here's why that foundation is going to fail you. It's, you can't live there. It's a non-reality. It's pretending the problems aren't real, instead of coming to Jesus to heal, right? It's pretending the problems aren't real instead of coming to Jesus and allowing him to heal you. And when you do that, out comes the anchor. It's not a good enough foundation, right? Some of us, you know, there's a presidential election coming up. Some people are putting their hope in a certain presidential candidate or political party, but According to the testimony of Scripture, there's no amount of overturning old legislation or creating new legislation that's going to heal sin in the human heart. Disclaimer, I think legislation's important. I think voting's important. If you're 18, go vote, right? But here's the thing. Even though I think it's important, it's not able to save me, and so it's not worthy for me to use as a foundation for my hope. Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't cut it for me if it can't save me. I need something bigger than that. I think if some of us are honest, some of us are putting our hopes for security in a romantic relationship. We just, guys, you have to believe me. I, I was a middle schooler. I was a high schooler. I, I understand the feeling that I know so many of you have that just if I could just be in a relationship with that person, then everything would be okay. I know that feeling, right? But do you want to know what that does? 
If you get into a relationship with that person, you will crush them with your expectation of them being able to make your life fulfilled. And you know what else? They might do the same thing to you. And then you know what else? You're going to be disappointed in them. So you are going to be disappointed in their insufficiency and you're going to be crushed by their expectancy. Not to mention, they might leave, right? So whether it's disappointment, whether it's crushing expectations, whether they leave, out comes the anchor. And that also wasn't a good enough place to put our hope, right? Some people like to put or are tempted to put their hope in their achievements, you know, in their tasks, in their titles, or in their money. And even if it's kind of subconscious, people think, if I can accomplish enough things, if I can earn enough money, then I'll be secure. But the question is, what happens when someone who's done things more impressive than you walks up? What happens when you lose the job, when you lose the internship? What happens when the economy just nosedives? And so does all of your security, right? It's, you may feel secure for a moment, but you'll never feel like you have enough. And if you never feel like you have enough, that means that one day it will run out. That means your security will end, oh, high anxiety, you're back. It's not a good enough place to anchor your hope. See, student six, seven, eight, I want to tell you, these are not bad things, but they are bad foundations. Relationships achievements, you know, all all these, these are not bad things, but they are bad foundations because they can change and they can fail you. But let me tell you about a rock named Jesus. You see, there was this man, one time he woke up from a nap to tell a storm to shut up and it did. And then he walked on water, the same water, proving with a word that he was master over the chaos. Jesus was the one who, when there was basically no food, he said, here, pass that lunchable. I'll pray over it. I'll feed 5,000 people, and there will be leftovers. And he proved with a prayer that he was master over insufficiency. Jesus was the man who, with spit, made a blind man see, with a touch, cleansed a man of leprosy, and with a word, made a lame man walk, proving that he was the master over disease and affliction. Jesus is the one who strolls into a graveyard to confront a super strong demonized man and delivers him from a legion of demons with a word, proving that he's the master over spiritual evil. Jesus is the one who stared down death and challenged it for the right of who determines humankind's ultimate destiny. You see, before Jesus, there were a few people that came back to life, but then they died again. You see, death was like a cave that people came to, but Jesus went into the cave and he bust through the other side, turning the cave into a tunnel. You see, death used to be something people came to. Now through Jesus, death is something people can go through into resurrection life. You see, through the cross and the resurrection, Jesus conquered death, creating an alternative story to how the human life ends and spends eternity proving with nail-scarred hands that he's the master even over death. CA students, six, seven, eight. What are you worried about today? Is it chaos in your life? Is it insufficiency 
in your life? Is it disease and affliction? Is it spiritual evil? Is it death? Because I know a guy. And his name's Jesus. And he's the master over chaos. He's the master over insufficiency. He's the master over death. He's the master over disease and affliction. He's the master over spiritual evil. He's the master over it all. He's the only one who will not fail you, CA students. He's the only foundation in which you can anchor your hope and it will not disappoint you. He will keep you secure no matter what waves come in your life, no matter how extreme it gets. Jesus has proven himself. He will hold you secure. He will never change and he is able to save you. See, student six, seven, eight, as your pastor, I'm begging you, Don't put your hope in other things, not because I'm a killjoy and I don't want you to like those other things, but because I know they're going to fail you, and I don't want you to be failed. I want you to put your faith in Jesus, because only he can hold you safe. Those other things aren't bad, but they are bad foundations. Jesus is the only foundation that will work for our lives. And so if it's true that my hope is only as good as what it's anchored in, then Jesus is the only foundation that's going to work. And second, the quality of your foundation matters more than the quality of your hope. The quality of your foundation matters more than the quality of your hope. Six, seven, eight, C students, if you're anything like me, there are times in life where you don't feel very good at following and believing in Jesus. <laughs> whether I feel like I do the wrong things or whether I feel like I'm not doing enough of the right things, there can be this constant voice and accusation in my head that I'm not enough. And to be honest, it really gnaws at me sometimes. And sometimes it really convinces me that God actually is disappointed with me because I'm not enough. Yeah, he saved me and what a bad investment that turned out to be, right? See, students in six, seven, eight. Let me tell you a really painful and really beautiful truth. You aren't enough, and neither am I. We are not enough. You're not enough. I'm not enough. We're not. And you might be thinking, like Levi, you suck at telling good news. And but here's the second half: God is enough. God is enough. God is enough, and God is for you. You see, God's enoughness is bigger than your not enoughness. And believe it or not, the gospel has never been primarily about what you have to offer. It's mainly about what God is offering you and inviting you into. You see, there's this pastor who I admire and want to become. His name is Tim Keller. And he said, it's not the quality of my faith, but the object of my faith that holds me up. You see, it's It's not that I am so good at having faith that I'm going to be okay. It's the fact that I have faith in Jesus who's enough, and so I'm going to be okay. You see, it's really easy for me to think that my insufficiency is a character flaw, but it's not a character flaw. It's being human. You see, God isn't disappointed or surprised in me being a human. He... He made me a human. That was his good choice. That was his good plan. And that means he isn't disappointed or surprised or sad with me that I'm not enough. 
It's always been God's good design that I give what I have, which is not enough, and he takes it and makes it enough. In John 15, Jesus says, Jesus shoots straight. He's like, yeah, without me, you can do nothing. (laughs) But if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. If you abide with Jesus, you will bear much fruit. There's this one time this man came to Jesus. He says, Jesus, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Six, seven, eight, see, students, that can be your prayer. You can believe in Jesus and need help to believe and follow Jesus more. And so if you're like me and you get stressed out about being enough, doing enough, hoping enough, I want to invite you to this piece. What your hope is anchored in matters more than the quality of your hope. God's enoughness is bigger than your not enoughness. And I want to be really clear. This is not a license to be lazy. This is security that you're saved, right? And so if you're hearing this like, oh, I don't need to be enough, sweet. I'm going to kick back and do nothing. Wrong. False, right? That's not the right response, right? Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that when we come to Jesus, we bring all of our lives And that's what I'm saying is not enough. (laughs) It's not that I don't bring my best. It's that my best is not enough. And Jesus will take that and he will make it enough. Philippians chapter 1 says that God, the one who began a good work in me, will see it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God started this work in me and God's going to be the one to finish it. It's not like I was saved by grace and now I have to be good enough and earn God's love. No, I was saved by grace, I'm sustained by grace, and I'm going to finish with grace, right? Because God is generous and he, he is the determining factor in my life, not me. And so how, how are we going to apply this to our lives? If it's true that it's not just... Uh, what, what matters the most about our hope is what it's anchored in, then I, I want to draw kind of two different things. If you're kind of, maybe you're thinking that, you know, the only foundation that is good enough for us is Jesus. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I've really put my hope in a lot of other foundations. You know, like, I've put my hope in my success in school because that's going to get me to college, because that's going to get me a job, because that's going to get me financial security. Maybe you've put your hope in a romantic relationship. Maybe it's something else, and you're coming right now to the moment of, you know what? These things are going to fail me, and Jesus won't. I want to encourage you that you can renounce those false foundations. And it can just look as simple as a little prayer, like, Jesus, I'm so sorry, I've been putting my hope in blank. And you fill in the blank for the ways that you have been, the different places you've been putting your hope in. And just say, Jesus, I'm so sorry that I've done that. I repent, I turn around, and I put my hope in you alone. Maybe you're a little, you're a little bit like me, and you can get really stressed out that, you're not doing enough, <laughs> that you're not good enough at following Jesus, that even when you give your best, you're going to come up short. And I want to invite you to receive assurance from Jesus tonight. And that can just be praying, Jesus, I confess that I'm not enough, and that's okay because you are enough. 
would you fill me with peace and assurance that you will be enough for me? And I also want to make perfectly clear that Jesus' hope, it's really available only to people that declare that they need it, that say, yeah, I'm all in for Jesus. And so I want to just open up that invitation. If you've uh, never decided to put your hope in Jesus, you can do that even right now. And you would just say something like, Jesus, I need your hope. I recognize that I'm broken and lost and failing without you. I believe that you lived, you died, you rose again, that your death covers my sins, and I, I trust that you're my Savior, and I will follow you as Lord. And as you do that, you can anchor your hope in this unfailing God. So, it's true that our hope is only as good as what it's anchored in. So, no foundation but Jesus is going to be good enough. And the quality of your foundation matters more than the quality of your hope, CA students. And really, if those two things are true, this is what it means. Your destination is secure, and your heart can be secure getting there. So I just want to end by reading that verse from Hebrews one more time. It says, Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Lord Jesus, thank you for being the God who is enough for us and the God who is for us. Thank you that you will never change, that we can rely on you as the master of everything who has turned to us in love. We, we renounce all false foundations. We turn to you alone. Would you fill us with your assurance, with your peace, with your joy, with faith? Lord Jesus, we love you. We need you so much. We're not enough without you, but you are enough for us. So we love you. We put all of our faith and hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. CA students, I love you guys. We really hope to see you guys at in-person CA students and 678 next week. If you're unable to make it, please don't forget to jump on to our CA students online that we'll be releasing on Friday. I love you guys. I bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you next week.